What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us for the second season of exploring the best voices and stories the Heartland has to offer. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 2. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to 17 County Podcast. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and review this podcast. Uh, this helps us grow um, our fan base and our listeners, and also helps us learn a little bit from our listeners about you know what's going good, what you guys like. You know, we can make a better podcast for everyone listening. You know, we just want to thank you all for your support and listening to us. Um, our guest today is the current uh, principal uh, at York Elementary School. Uh, she comes. Uh, Hale's originally from Eddyville, Nebraska, uh, probably a small rural community here in Nebraska. She uh, got her uh, bachelor's from uh, Kearney and then went on to get her master's as well, I believe, from Kearney as well. And so she's uh, a loper through and through, but we're very excited to have her here in York as a Duke. Um, she's brought her family here, and so we'll learn a little bit more about that. And so I just want to welcome Chris to the show. So thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So talk to me a little bit about Eddyville. Um, what was what was life like up there? Well, it won't take long. It's a wide spot in the road. Um, I think they hail 90, but I think they maybe count the dogs. Um, <laughs> rural community, uh, small town consolidated Sumner Eddyville Miller SEM is where I graduated from with, I think, 15, 16 kiddos. Um, my family are third generation farmers up in that area. So we just, um, it's good old hometown, Nebraska living. So I, I'm a farm girl at heart. I tell the kids, um, they get a kick out of me telling them I was in 4-H and used to barrel race. They just can't hardly believe that I did. That. So I, I have, a, I had an awesome childhood growing up in Eddyville. Uh, what were some of the activities that kept you busy down there in Avil? You mentioned 4-H is one of them, but what were maybe some yeah, other ones that kept yeah. you well, entertained? Being, yeah, well, I don't know about entertained, but being a farm girl, <laughs> I got involved in lots of irrigating, lots of cutting must thistle. Um, you know, when you're when you're a farm girl, you live the farm life. So that was that was part of it. And we were all in the same boat. Um, involved in all sports that you could be in. Every, you know, small town, you're involved in everything. So um, that's what I mean. I just had a great childhood. I, I was involved in anywhere from one acts to plays to musicals to all sports. Um, 4-H was a big part of my life growing up. I was in 4-H for 19 years and the big social event in the summer was detasseling. So I also did that for 10 years. So that was really fun. Did you encourage your kids to do the detasseling? Did they get uh, to do that experience? Detasseling. They did not enjoy it near as much as I did. It was a social outing for us, and they they just don't view it like that. So I think they're soft, actually. So I certainly enjoyed. Uh, I didn't do detasseling. I did the roguing with yeah. uh, advanced yeah. services here in New York, and that was always a great experience. It was a social for us because it was. I was hanging out with my friends every day, and right. so I mean, yeah. I didn't see it so much as work. Is just was, yeah. That was back before sports camps and weight room was taking over the kids' life. And, and if you didn't detassel, you didn't see your friends. So it was, our whole high school was there. So it was a great memory, but my kids aren't near as fond of it as, as I seem to be. <laughs> I, yeah, I enjoyed, I'm like you, I enjoyed my experience. I thought it was yeah, a, a, it was a great, great time. Um, so how do you think the school and the town, you know, kind of prepared you for your next step, you know, in your journey yeah. uh, into right. your future? Yeah, um, well, I was, I left high school pre going pre-med and decided quickly that that maybe wasn't going to be for me. And I actually come from a long line of educators. So it took me a while to settle into the idea that I was going to be a teacher, but um, really that that was just where I was headed from the beginning. I just was fighting it along the way, I think. Um, but small town is definitely where I wanted to raise my family. So when I took my first job, it was with Kearney with ESU. We were just graduating from college and, and I worked there for just a half a year. And then um, my husband and I moved to North Platte and that was a large class A district. And I was coaching volleyball and um, basketball. Assistant coach there loved that, but it was a big system. Um, we had neighborhood elementary schools, so I was okay with that when my kids were little, but I just really always felt like I was wanting to be smaller town. That's That just was what I was used to. I wanted my kids to have those opportunities. 
Um, so actually, York fit the bill when I got ready to leave North Platte really, really well, actually. Yeah, once you, uh, yeah, once you find that small town kind of feeling, it's kind of, for certain people, it's tough to kind of leave and get away from because you, yeah. you just enjoy that uh, closeness and, and everything that comes with that. It really was. There were two communities, actually. Um, I knew that I needed, I had set on my admin degree for about two years um, and was teaching and loved that life, but knew that life situation was pushing me to use my administration degree. And there were two communities across the state that I knew I wanted to be in. It was either going to be Gothenburg or York. Gothenburg, my grandma and grandpa lived in Gothenburg for years. They owned um, Kip's Drive-In, which was like a Dairy Queen. I had lots of family there that was comfortable. Um, and then there was York, who I knew, I knew nothing about except the water tower, because everybody knows about the water tower. It's all I knew about York. Nope. Um, but I knew it was a nice size. So um, actually, that's what got me here, is there was one assistant principal job at the elementary across the state um, and I didn't feel like I was ready to be a principal. So um, I landed in York and actually it was by far the best decision for my family and I that I've ever made. Definitely. Um, so you talked a little bit about uh, UNK. Can you elaborate a little bit more on your UNK experience? Yeah, you mentioned you started pre-med and then you moved to you know teaching. So maybe just talk yeah. a little bit about that. Sure. I had an uncle um, that up until recently was teaching um, as a school psychology professor at UNK. So that felt like home too. And um, aging myself, it was Kearney State when I started. However, um, my degree does say University of Nebraska at Kearney. I think I was the second graduating class that was UNK. So I've been there a while. I love the small town feel. Um, for me, neither of my parents went to college. Um, so I was very proud to be able to have that opportunity to go do that. Um, and I'm social, so man, college life was great for me. Um, I was maybe 40 minutes from home, but it felt like I was um, a world away sometimes. So it was, it was a great fit for me. Loved, loved that. Again, a long line of lopers. I have um, my daughter's a senior now at, at um, UNK. I've got my son that's graduating from York High School that's going to go to UNK. And I put no pressure on them. My oldest daughter went to KU, but we do love the Jayhawks. So that was all right also. <laughs> um, lots of cousins, lots of family connections. But yeah, we, we have loper blood running strong through our veins. It was a great place. I loved Kearney. Kearney was about the college um, and the college kids. I always felt like I was safe. It was a community that um, loved the college kids being there. So it was a nice fit. I, I really loved being there. Yeah, I, I, you know, I went to UNL, but I enjoyed my visit to UNK and everything. And, you know, I had a couple other um, visits um, you know, while I was at, uh, in college. I, you know, I went out and visited a couple of friends out there. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a great campus. I mean, I got to walk around and everything. My uncle, uh, he's a parking enforcement out there. And so oh, yeah. um, I'm very familiar, yeah, with the campus and everything like that. And so, yeah, totally a, um, a great, probably a great experience for you and everything. Yeah, and you know. And, and I'm sure. Back in that, I graduated in 87 from school, and I don't remember taking visits to college. I mean, that wasn't a thing. Um, if I want to go to college, I, I don't remember thinking about going anywhere else. And I don't know if that was because I was small town girl, I didn't want to get that far from home, or, or my mom and dad didn't even let that be an option in my brain, or my uncle was teaching. I don't know what that was but I don't remember thinking about anything else. So when we started visiting colleges with my children, um, I was kind of freaked out. Taylor was our first one and, and she didn't want to visit UNL. She didn't want to visit UNK. She wanted to go big. So we started looking at Iowa State and um, KU and Kansas State. And, and I loved Kansas State, loved it. Um, I thought it was a beautiful campus. It was kind of intimate and small. And we went to KU and she saw the rolling hills and the sprawling campus. And she said, K-State's too little. I got to go to KU. Then my second one wouldn't touch KU with a 10, didn't want to go visit, didn't want to go to UNL, she wanted small. Nothing to do it's with funny. it. Yeah, so it's funny how they just kind of settle. And I think for both Noah and Haley, UNK is a great fit. I understand why they love it. Um, but yeah, Taylor would have been miserable there. So it's funny how they each kind of take their own identity and, and run with that. And so your first position that was there in Kearney, how did you get hooked up with the, the educational service unit there in Kearney? 
Yeah, it was, I graduated in December. So um, it just happened to have an opening and I was a special ed or resource teacher. So, and that was an, a wild experience. I was driving to Lexington and working with kiddos in small rural schools um, and I loved it. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, I loved going from school to school, anywhere from Lexington to Kearney. I think I had maybe seven rural schools. I don't even know if they exist now. Um, but I did love that piece. I never really felt connected. So I knew right away I wanted to be a part of a system. Um, I wanted to be, I wanted to be in a system where I could coach and I could, that was a big deal. Athletics were a big deal to me. So I, I wanted to be a part of that. Plus I was elementary and I wanted to be able to stay connected to high school kids. Um, but ESU was great for me because at first I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that helped me understand I wanted to be a part of a system, which took us to North Platte. Um, and guys, what was the, uh, at ESU, what was your role there? You were traveling, so like you were traveling to different? Yeah, to different rural schools and teaching kids with, um, that were verified with a special need, um, an IEP, and I worked on their goals with them individually one-on-one. -on -one. So, I so you were just like a, a specialist visiting yep, everything in the community yeah, or in the area? Yeah, okay. it was crazy. Yeah, it was, a it was a fun, it was a fun position. I really loved it and got to meet some great people and lots of people from different areas. So that was good for me too. Yeah. I think I would enjoy that, you know, getting out and yeah, know, meeting, yeah, all that different kind of stuff. But like you said, there's no like constant mm -mm. Um, and anything like that. I no so. families. I didn't know the community. I just, I knew the kids and the teachers and that was fine until I realized mm -hmm. that, that I wanted a little bit more. Yeah. So you did that for the half year and then you knew you wanted to go and then North Platte just had an opening. Is that how that kind of yeah, ended up? At Adams Middle School, knew no one from North Platte. My husband took a position with Farm Bureau Insurance. Um, I thought North Platte was huge. The only thing I remembered about North Platte growing up is my grandpa was from Gothenburg and we would get in his mobile home every Saturday and he had a laminated map of North Platte and we'd go garage sailing. That's all I knew about North Platte was they had massive <laughs> garage sales. So um, went to North Platte, interviewed at Adams Middle School, got the position. It was a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade um, middle school. And being a new teacher, they say, hey, would you like to coach? And being a new teacher, you say, yeah, I'd love to coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get you <laughs> hooked. What would you like yeah. me to do? Yeah, so then I ended up um, coaching under Linda Carlson, who is the volleyball coach, an iconic volleyball coach across the state. And then also assistant under Chuck Thompson, who is also an iconic coach across the state in basketball and learned so much from that experience of Adams Middle School and coaching as well. So I was there 12 years. Uh, 12 years at North Platte there? Yeah, yep. Wow. I guess I, 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 you know, I knew you were always at the elementary school and I just, I never yeah. knew, uh, you know, I knew you had connections out West and everything yeah. like that, but I didn't know. Yeah, um, it was a long time. And it was a great place. We really, I really loved, I really loved North Platte. You know, what were some of the growing things you learned there at North Platte, you know, through those 12 years? Um, what were some of the, um, you know, maybe realizations that you learned about, uh, you know, your position or, you know, how you would want to be in charge if you ever became yeah. a principal or something like that? What, what did you learn from that? Yeah, well, um, I was a bossy child and I think I'm probably in a, a bossy adult. So as I started through my um career and at the middle school I um, really enjoyed my administrators they all were amazing to me and um, you know I, I had no kids I poured everything I had into my position and my coaching and I I was finding some success in both of those things and they just kept giving me opportunities for leadership um, so I really appreciated that I, I was quick to get to know lots of people because of the coaching and because of of teaching at the middle school. So right away when I started thinking about my master's, I knew I wanted to do administration. I didn't know if I'd ever act on it. I, did, I just knew, you know, it's all about moving over on the salary schedule at first. You, that's what you're gonna go get your, your, but then when you start looking at a degree, you have to think, you know, you're a little bit narrowed in your possibilities with education. So I decided to get my master's in educational administration and really loved the classes. Um, I just felt like going from, working with my kiddos to being able to have an impact on um, a building or a district or a larger group um, kind of fueled my fire a little bit. Um, life lessons were many in North Platte. Um, I had all of my children, my four children in North Platte. So talk about growing up fast. Um, you know, that's, that's when life gets real, you know, when it's not mm -hmm. about 
it's not about you and what you want to do and and these four little birds come along and um, they start connecting and, and making friends and and it just it made I don't know the outlook just looks a little bit different and I think it made me I know it made me a better teacher so lots of life lessons that I learned um, in North Platte while I was there and so you after that you made um, you know you, you made the move to York you know how did that how did that become an opportunity was that on your radar um, yeah. was not on my radar um, in fact I didn't I don't like that it, it was on my radar or that it's part of my um, history but um, it was a big learning experience. Ended up um, going through a divorce, being a single mom with a teaching degree with four babies. That's when I decided I, I better try to get into admin, administration if I could. Um, also decided that North Platte had been so very good to us, but um, there was about a year that we were there that I didn't cook a meal because everybody brought things to me. Um, we were, I said I was the town's biggest charity case because they loved <laughs> my kids and I knew so many people and I was going through a divorce that I thought I got to get out of here because everybody's just going over the top taking care of us, which I loved. But I also knew that to move into administration in North Platte, it wasn't common for us to be able to have a teacher move into a principal role in North Platte. That just wasn't common. So I knew I would have to look outside of North Platte. That's when I decided single mom of four, I've got to really start looking at communities that I knew we could be a part of. Um, I totally believe in the adage of it takes a village to raise a child. And I needed to have a solid village. I was leaving a great village um, for good reason, but I was, I was leaving a great village, but I needed to make sure I had a great village. So I started looking at um, those smaller schools. And again, um, Terry Keneally and the Board of Education back then posted an assistant principal position. Um, Jackie Herring was the principal here and she had just left for Columbus. Uh, yeah. Yep. You she was uh, one of my, yeah, she came in right towards the end yeah. of my time there. Yep. And Stu Wiley. So I came in and I interviewed with um, some teachers and Mr. Keneally and the board and some community members, um, fell in love with everything about it. And in July, I um, started my contract and moved uh, my kiddos, the first day of August off of a uh, off of a moving truck and we hit the ground running and, and have never looked back so um, that was an interesting that was an interesting time but an exciting time and then what were your your kids uh, what grades were they in school at that time right so I actually brought Taylor was my oldest and she was going to be a fifth grader and the only people we knew in the world when we moved here were Randy and Barb Sheldon because Randy Sheldon's grandparents lived across the street from my grandparents in Eddyville. His mom was the Avon lady. So I knew them. Um, and Barb had babysat me. So Barb and Randy took oh, us. Oh, wow. Under, yeah, isn't that crazy? Barb and Randy. small world, yeah. Under their wing. Um, and Barb was Taylor's fifth grade teacher. Haley was a second grader. Noah was four. And Mia was six months when we moved here. Um, so that was, it was a fun time. It was busy. I look back and I don't have a lot of memories of specifics, but I thought, well, I can't have memories. I was doing things constantly with, with those four little guys. But, um, then as fate would have it, I met a, a Friesen from Henderson and we ended up um, getting married and blending our family. So when we got married, we had kids that were seven, seventh grade, sixth grade, fifth grade. I'm going to mess it up. Seven, fifth, four, three, two, kinder, and three. So, um, and right now, like literally every, every every rung down the ladder. <laughs> I at one point five of our kids were in my building, and and I was happy with that, but I was also happy that they they moved on. Um, and right now we're sitting at five of of seven are proud York High School graduates and God willing Noah this spring will get his online learning done and he'll be a graduate and then Mia is a freshman this year so yeah it's it's been a fun ride no doubt yeah because I mean they were all I mean I knew uh, a couple of your your girls and everything like that they were so close yeah. in age and yeah they were very involved so yeah you were you were always going yeah. around doing stuff you just didn't know any different you know you just kept going and and the village was there to pick up you can only go so many directions so um that's one thing about this community we just hired a teacher um actually her contract was just approved last night and i and i love telling my story because 
um, I, I wasn't born and raised here. I chose to come here and I chose to stay and there's so many reasons and I love sharing those reasons with, with new people to the community. Definitely. Um, and so talk a little bit about, you know, what those first few years were like, um, you know, in your position, you know, in the community, you know, how you adjusted and everything. Yeah. Um, well, probably everything you shouldn't do in one year, I, um, moved towns, we got married and we built a house for a while. There were 11, nine of us, sorry, nine of us living, um, in 1100 square feet on Hari lane. So that brought its own challenges, two bathrooms, nine people, four girls. Wow. Um, yeah. So patience, I think was probably, um, a, a big lesson there. As far as the position, Stu Wiley was the principal. Um, and he basically said, Chris, your first job and most important job when you come here is to get to know people. So my first year, I absolutely just made connections with people and it was the best thing I did. Um, and I've had a few assistant principals that have come through and I say to them the same thing, listen, build relationships, get to know our paras, get to know our custodians, get to know our families. Um, because when you do that, then you can do pretty cool things. So um, that was my first year. I was just hanging out, getting to know people. I had the best gig ever. Um, Stu just kind of brought me along for the ride and, and showed me how things worked. Um, and then three years into it, Stu retired. And um, I, I thought I maybe knew what I was doing. And they um, put me in the principal role. And then I quickly realized that I didn't really know what I was doing. So it was baptism by fire, but I'll tell you what, this staff just is amazing. And, and you know that from, from being here, they're just solid. Um, you know, for years, we didn't hire a teacher. I was blown away when people come to York and York elementary school, they stay. It's, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a lifelong career. I've got, I've got paras that have been here 39 years with teaching degrees and they are paras because they love what they do. And they're probably some of the most influential people in this building. Um, your mom is an icon in this building. I mean, she just, she, when I need something, I go to those people. And that's what I did at the beginning. And, and they helped me understand the culture. They helped me understand the community. Um, and from then, we just um, keep trying to get better and better every year. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, it truly makes your job so much easier when you have a great support staff around you to just, you know, take so many things, um, you know, off of your shoulders and you can just allow them to do, do what they do best. And, you know, you know, it's going to be, you know, a great outcome. I do. I have, I have total confidence in every single one of them. Yeah. You mentioned Stu, Stu and Woody Ziegler were yeah. two of my favorite principals that I, you know, had through the public school system. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, it was great. You know, what was it like, you know, working on, you know, with and, uh, yeah. under Stu and getting to learn, you know, from him, you know, with his, um, you know, he had such a long career there at the elementary school. Yeah. And I, and I didn't know Woody in that, um, respect, but I got to know him later and I understand why he was a fan favorite because he's awesome. Mm -hmm. First of all, they love kids. You know, it's, it's, you mm -hmm. can't fake that. You can fake it a while, but after a while at an elementary school, if you don't love kids, it's going to show. Um, guys, Stu, I, I, I call him Stuisms because he's, you know, someone that's been there that long and been in education that long just exudes wisdom from his pores. So he would say something and I would think I should write that down. That's a Stuism. I really should write that down. You need and to I remember know that. Yeah, I know I've missed stuff over the years, but, um, Gosh, he, he taught me a lot. He, and I still use things. I use all the, all the time, his little quotes, um, where he, I remember I had to discipline my first kiddo and he's like, okay, go for it. And I was horribly nervous and it was probably something fairly minor. I, I can't remember what it was. And he said, listen, if you mess this up, this kid's going to give you another chance. And I'm, and he was right. <laughs> I had several chances <laughs> with that kid. Um, I remember that. I remember him saying, you know what, just put the kid ahead of everybody else. Do what you think is right. Um, fair isn't equal. Equal isn't fair. Um, and treat them, you know, every situation is different. And, you know, our school has changed. Um, and I'm probably jumping ahead, but our school has changed so much since I came. I came in 2005, fall of 2005. And, um, you know, because so you, you, you were assistant, right? For the first three was, years you were there, right? Yep, yep. So I came in 2005 and our free and reduced, um, you know, our families below the poverty line at the elementary school was probably around 30%. 
Um, and now we have some um, classes that are around 80. We average probably around 50 or 60. Um, and they're still the same amazing families that were here when it was 36%. It's just situations and life has changed. Families are working mm -hmm. harder. Families are working more. Um, so um, that's been fun to be a part of that change, but also um, being willing to change is something that I think is important. And I'm, that's what I'm proud of this staff for. I talked about how sometimes it was a veteran staff and sometimes veteran staff, you worry about getting stuck in their ways. And that is absolutely not what has happened at York Elementary School. Um, they, they moved along and made the changes and jumped through the hoops and probably thought I was crazy, but followed me down whatever hill I was taking them or up whatever hill I was taking them. And um, sometimes we laughed, sometimes we cried, but we always learned something. Um, so they're, they're pretty amazing people, which is um, indicative of where they come from. You know, the community, I believe, is also pretty amazing. What are some of the biggest, like, um, you know, misconceptions that some people think about, you know, what a, a principal's kind of position is and what kind of, yeah. what it is that you guys do every day. And so what, um, what are some things that maybe some people think that, you know, yeah. you do or maybe you uh, don't yeah. do or whatever, but. Well, I get accused of putting my feet up on my desk and eating bonbons. So I don't know if people really think that. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what some of my misconceptions were is I was a calendar girl and I was a list girl and I left with everything done. Um, and that has not happened in 15 years. Um, now that I've been principal, my, my time is not my own. Um, they, they tell you right away when you're going um, into your principalship to have an open door policy. Um, and I do, but even when I close my door, it gets opened. I mean, it, people just need you a lot, um, yeah. which is great. And so I, I don't have, like today, today's weird because we're on Zooms and I just really, we'll talk about that later, but I do not love what we're doing right now at all. Um, but on a typical day, I might have two or three meetings scheduled and sometimes those meetings happen and sometimes they don't because life happens with 600 kids in the building and 100 staff. Um, things get a little wild. I've learned quickly to think on my feet. Um, I've also learned quickly to tell people that I messed up and I'm sorry and that was a really bad decision. Um, Dr. Lucas was um, a big piece of my development as a leader. Um, him and I are very much alike in our personalities, and he was a third grade teacher, which you don't often find with a superintendent. So he got the elementary world. So um, his 10 years here probably shaped me more as a leader than any other time in my life, um, just because I could relate to him on so many levels. And he got me, and maybe not all people do. So that was, that was good for me. So um, I don't know. I think people here know that we're pretty busy, um, but yeah, so many times I'll say, boy, I didn't learn, I didn't learn that at UNK, or boy, they didn't teach me how to deal with that one, and you know, no one taught us about a global pandemic, so I think they need to add that in the coursework, because that's completely <laughs> out of left field. You didn't, you didn't cover that in, no, uh, like, teaching or admin 101? No, if we didn't, and I don't remember learning much about the Spanish flu either, and I, I probably did, and I forgot it, so that's on me. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm, a lot of history lessons are being relearned. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Uh, so you touched on, yeah, how has the school kind of evolved over your kind of first few years versus your last few years there? Yeah. Um, I, I think we've evolved like education has evolved. I think we, there's so much research over the last 10 years that we didn't have the first, you know, when I was teaching, I could teach what I wanted to teach. Um, and I, I think I did it pretty well, but I had no one telling me that I was doing something wrong or I wasn't teaching the right thing. If I wanted to teach a pumpkin unit, I taught a pumpkin unit. Um, now, you know, standards came and that's evolved. So there have been a ton of changes, but it's, it's fueled by some great scientific research. So we know how kids learn and we know what's best for kids. So um, I know we're moving kids in the right direction. Um, but yeah, I, I, one of my teachers that is retired, we laugh because one of the, one of the years that we always do a theme every year. And this year, this, that I'm talking about the theme was catch a wave and we had surfboards and we were dressing in tropical gear and, and uh, this teacher, I said, you know, we're just going to ride the wave of change. We're going to bring in 
this new curriculum and this new curriculum and this new curriculum and this teacher raised her hand and she said i'm all about riding the wave of change but chris you kind of bring a tsunami with you um, because i'm ready to go i don't i don't do a great job of slowing down um, but i'll never forget that because i thought i bet it does feel like it's a tsunami right now and i'm thinking it's just a little you know ride on a wave on a surfboard and she's wanting a life life preserver to hold her up so um i've learned to ask a lot of questions and talk to a lot of people because change is not hard for me but it is hard in general um, so I've learned how to go about making those changes, but what I've appreciated about this community, the parents and the students, the admin team, and really the staff as a whole is that in the end, they want to do what's best for kids. And if those changes are best for kids, they'll find a way to get it done. Um, mm -hmm. So I've appreciated that. But yeah, there's so many changes that happen every year. And for a couple of years, it was one thing after another, after another. And I, I know they felt like they were drowning at times. Um, but it's because of all that good research and the new the new curriculum coming out and and it's hard not to take advantage of all those good things for kids. So just to find a balance has been has been good. And they, you know, I can tell by their eyes now when their eyebrows go up and they take a big sigh. I'm like, oh, I better slow things down just a little bit. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm still I'm still learning too. And so you said there were how many students are up there at the elementary? elementary school now oh my gosh we are packed we have um well, we have our early childhood program up here too so we have our preschool so with our preschools um we're we're pushing 600 every day in this building which is you crazy. haven't you haven't always had that i mean when i was in school you didn't have no, the early childhood when did that come along and can you talk a little bit more about that yeah. Um, you know, actually, that was a big part of me coming here. They were, the board was wanting to start expanding early childhood. The research that I mentioned, um, there's so much research and funding in early childhood because we know the sooner we can get our hands on kiddos and get them some great um, material and some great activities to do, we know they're going to be better learners and more successful. Actually, it was at the Presbyterian Church was the one preschool that that was happening with Carol Carolyn Sandell and a couple of other mm -hmm. teachers. And when I interviewed, I was coming off of an early childhood um, coordinator in North Platte. I had changed from the middle school to an early childhood coordinator. So that was one of the things they charged me with was building the early childhood program. Um, so we have. So we um, got some grant money in 2007. We started a preschool in partnership with the Head Start. That's the play building downtown. Um, and so they have several classrooms, I think five. And then we also have five classrooms up here. Um, and we're having some great conversation with some community members and some, some places where we can move our preschool. But COVID-19 kind of brought those to a screeching halt as well. Um, so yeah, we're here and we're busting at the seams and um, we have four, like probably when you were in school, Derek, we had four sections of every grade. Um, yep, we have your pods. Five, yep. yep, in pods. So we actually have five in kindergarten this year and next year it's looking like we'll have five in first and five in kindergarten. Um, and we've had that a few times in the past over the last six years or so. We had three grade levels that were at five sections. So as you know, it's built in pods. So then it gets um, logistically a little bit challenging yeah. to find extra space. But then when you have your preschool here, it, it just compounds the issue. But yeah, we're 600 strong um, and then about 110 staff members. So uh, we're, we're, it's great. Um, I, I love everybody on campus. I just know we need, we need more space. Um, and I know the board is working on that. Um, Dr. Lucas was working hard on that. Dr. Bartholomew is kind of carrying that on. Again, we were had some great momentum, but then with COVID-19, that's just kind of come to a halt. I yeah, I, I work with uh, Sandra a little bit in the on the oh, Child yeah. Care Alliance on some sure. stuff, and uh, so yeah, I've learned so much about how important it is. The sooner, the better to get you know um, kids learning and uh, just you know familiar with all those different things. All I'm really so. proud of our early childhood program and it's people like Chandra that that make that go with their involvement in the community. But, you know, we've received every grant and every program you can get from um, federal funding, from state funding. Um, and I think our people are looked to as leaders in early childhood across the state and for good reason. They know what they're doing and it is so important. So I, I getting communities for kids and yeah, 
Yeah. And having community kids and ready Rosie and all those yeah. different things. Yeah. I mean, it Let's truly helps you. make the, you could, you could do that. <laughs> yeah. It helps our community be more competitive when we try to attack talent to the area to say that yeah. we have these different programs, you know, we care about education. Yeah. You know, we, we just don't stay it. These are the actions to right. you know, show you that we care about it. And so, yeah. Um, and you know what educators it, feel that too. That's one of the things I always tell new teachers coming in um, is this is a community that, that, really upholds education as, as something very, very important. Um, and that doesn't happen everywhere. And when you've been other places that it doesn't feel like that, you learn to really appreciate a community that does appreciate the education system. I've always felt like York really appreciates the education system. So how have you, I mean, we talked a little bit about how the schools kind of evolved. How have you evolved as a professional, as a leader, um, as a teacher? You know, how have, uh, how have you progressed over your time? Right. Um, well, I think I've learned to um, slow down and, and maybe not willingly learned that, but over the course of time, that's something I know that I need to do. And that's where Dr. Lucas and I were alike. I'd have an idea and he'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, let's go. Um, and then we have other administrative uh, members of the team that are looking at us like, really? really are we going to go tomorrow or I'm like, okay well we'll we'll wait a little bit so i've learned to pull back the reins um talk to people um gather a little more information i've learned that my ideas aren't always awesome and amazing like i think they sound in my head um but with help of my colleagues um they shape them and they they make me better i've learned the value of this family um the york elementary school family as well as the york public schools family um, just having the, the range of kids that we have and having people look out for them and truly care about them has been um, awesome for me to see and appreciate. Um, I think I'm, I've always been collaborative. I've never been one of those that has wanted to come in and make my own hires or um, just, you know, I get an idea and I do want to go forward, but I want, I want people around me and I want people excited and I want to move forward with that. I think I've always brought that to the elementary school. I'm, it's not top down. It's very collaborative. Um, part of the tough things that I've had to do is have some tough conversations. You know, when, when people don't agree with my decision and then in the end it would come down to my decision, that was hard for me um, because I want them all to say, yeah, that's a great decision. And, and they don't always say that. Sometimes they look at me and nod their head like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I don't, I think you're losing your mind. And yeah. that could be fair, absolutely fair. Um, but I've learned to be transparent. That's something that Dr. Lucas taught me. Um, I've learned to be vulnerable. I've learned to tell people, I don't know, this man, this whole COVID thing, talk about being vulnerable. I, I've just learned to say, I don't know what the right answer is. And that's hard mm -hmm. because will look to you for the answer. And for, for me to say, I don't know, they look at me like, really, you don't know. Um, but I've learned to be comfortable saying that and saying, we'll figure it out together. We're better together. Um, so I've really evolved in that way. There's a lot of pressure that I probably put on myself in this position where I want to fix things and want to solve it. And a lot of times um, it's really more about me listening and gaining more perspective than it is fixing or solving. So, um, I've really evolved in that and that over the years and being vulnerable and transparent um, like Dr. Lucas and Dr. Lucas has really set the way for the community to expect that. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that's been nice too, is that I'm like, okay, I don't know the answers. I'm going to put this out there and we're going to try it. And if it doesn't work, we're going to say, dang, we're going to do something different now. It's okay to do that. It's okay to not, you know, mistakes are a part of learning. Um, and we, we really have that, I hope we have that culture here at the elementary school. When teachers come to me and say, hey, I'd like to try this. I have a brief conversation with them about what are you thinking? Is it good for kids? And if I think it's good, we go. Um, and then we learn. And then we might keep going or we might say that was an epic fail. We're not ever doing that again. Um, but that's okay because we learned and we might not have known otherwise. So in those ways, I think I've learned um, how to be okay with messing up, but also how to um, be vulnerable and take my time and be transparent. No, yeah. Um, you know, we always got to be constantly evolving, uh, you know, even as leaders, you know, especially as leaders, we got to be always you know, evolving and become better. And, you know, you know, it was great having, you know, a leader and a mentor like, 
uh, Mike Lucas. I, you know, I wish I would have been able to get more time, you know, yeah. um, with him, you know, as I was graduating, he was coming in. So I only got about a year sure. with Mike and then, yeah. um, you know, and then a couple of years as a professional. And so, um, yeah, I mean, just in those, you know, three years, it, it was phenomenal, you know, someone to work with. Yeah, you're right. You know, he has, he has ideas and he wants to run with them. And so yeah. you know, that's, that's great <laughs> to have as a, um, an administrator, you know, it's great to, you know, have someone say, all right, let's run with that idea um, and see where it lands. Uh, and, and to trust your people to make good decisions, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. trust them to, and trust them to fail. It's okay to do that. And the other cool thing about our transition from, from Dr. Lucas to Dr. Bartholomew is uh, Mitch also had 10 years with Mike. So, you know, what I learned in 10 years, Mitch learned in 10 years, and Mitch brings um, an awesome set of skills to the table, and he... He's my breaks sometimes, and he needs to be my breaks and, and rein me in. Um, but he also um, has been here and understands what the community expects from the education system, and it's been pretty pretty seamless in a lot of ways. And boy, I can't imagine Mike's first year at Westside and Mitch's first year at York with this whole COVID business. You know, we start with the mumps. That was a big deal at the beginning of the year, and now we're ending with COVID. And I thought, what a first year as a superintendent. But um, he's so well established in the community that he's made it really seamless for our staff and our community to just keep rolling in the direction that we're rolling. Yeah, Mitch has done a you know phenomenal job. Um, he was my principal in school, and so oh. I, I he's came up through so much through the public schools in York, and so it's it's great to see him you know finally being able to. Um, you know, maybe, you know, be the one who, you know, where everything bucks, the buck stops and, you know, he can be the one, um, you know, steering the ship. And so, that, you know, that's great to have. Yeah, he's very invested. I, I appreciate that about him very much. Um, I'll transition a little bit, um, talk a little bit uh, about, about your family. Um, you mentioned your husband. Um, I don't think you mentioned uh, what, what he does though. And so, um, yeah. can share a little bit so about what your husband's yeah, career is from, Mike is from Henderson and he owns Friesen construction. So they do, um, concrete construction, lots of basements, flat work, those kinds of things. So, um, I think that's definitely, um, influenced Noah. Noah wants to go into construction management. That's what he's pursuing at UNK, a four-year degree in construction management. So that's been fun to watch, to watch that evolve. Um, Taylor is in Kansas City. She's an event planner. I tease her that she throws her three, she throws parties for a living, um, which right now there's not a whole lot of party throwing going on. So she's been back a little more um, and home because Casey is still on a shelter in order. So that's not super fun for her. Um, Samantha is the oldest, and she's in in Sioux Falls. And uh, Mitch and Riley are both in Lincoln. Haley's at UNK as a senior, and then I told you about Noah graduating and Mia going to be a sophomore next year at, at York. My family lives uh, in Eddyville um, and still farms. Another funny side note about my family is we're all teachers, but we also own a winery and a brewery, and it seems like they sometimes go together really well. <laughs> but, no, um, yeah. We own Max Creek and Liberty Brewery in Lexington. So that's about 20 miles from my mom and dad's farm. So we go back to Johnson Lake um, and Lexington and Eddyville to, to go back home. And then Mike's family is from Henderson. So, so we're pretty close to, to families and like to spend time, especially in the summers. We're, we're lake people. We like to get on the lake and go boating. And, um, and I don't think COVID-19 can take that from us. We keep thinking we can at least get on a boat and go boating if we can't go somewhere fun on vacation. So yeah, you can awesome. isolate on the lake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, talk a little bit about life here in York County. Um, you know, what has it been like, you know, raising a family here um, mm -hmm. and everything that, you know, kind of comes with that, all the different activities that your kids have been able to be exposed yeah. to, you know, maybe share yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I've loved that. I was just talking to Taylor, who's going to be 26 graduated in 2013 when she was back because of this COVID business. And, and she said, um, we were talking about how York is just a great place to raise a family. Um, there's just so many families. And, and I get to see that firsthand when they come into this building. Um, and I love seeing the families come back. The graduates like you that graduated from York, um, maybe took off for a while and come, you know, you, there's a reason you come back. 
Um, and it was always important to me, the, the year that we moved actually to York was, I said that was the last year that I would move my kids because after Taylor hit middle school, I said I would not move my kids because I taught middle school and I saw a lot of in and out and I could see how hard that was at middle school. And it was important for me that um, they all knew they had a home to come home to. Um, and when they do come home, they can connect with other families. So, you know, family values are alive and well in York. Um, they, you look out for each other. Um, I, I loved cruise night um, for a couple of reasons. One was it was the first time out of the house for a while. But, you know, what town, you can't pull that off in, in a Lincoln or a Kearney. It just doesn't feel the same. You don't, you don't know people. Um, I think York is, is a great size. Living in North Platte, we actually went to Denver because it was closer than Omaha. Um, and when I was coaching, it was nothing for us to drive two and a half hours for a ball game. So when I got here and I could be at the mall in 45 minutes, I thought I had arrived for sure. <laughs> I love the location. Um, I love that we can go in and, and participate with all the fun Husker activities. Um, but yeah, it just, it just doesn't, there's nothing that I think compares to it. There was a time Taylor's junior year um, that there was a Miller job and I, and I, I wanted to know if I could get that position. I was just curious and, and thought about moving in that direction. And I went down and I got the offer and I sat down with the kids and they were gung ho, ready to go. We had went and visited over spring break. We'd went to visit all of their schools. And I'll never forget, um, Taylor called me at noon that day and she said, mom, we can't leave. And she was the one really wanting to go. And I said, well, I need to tell them in three hours, what do you mean we can't go? And, and she said, well, uh, Mr. Malik just came up and put his hand on my shoulder and said, Taylor, how'd your visit to Miller go? And I said, yeah. And then she started crying and she said, mom, no one's going to know my name. They're, they're not going to know my name. They're not going to know about me. They're not going to care about me. Um, I've, I've, this is where we need to be. This is home. This is where we need to stay. And that was a great lesson for my family and for myself. Um, and it does, it's home. You know, people here are home. They're good people. I want to surround my family with good people and, um, we found it here and I, and I'm sure it's in a lot of other communities too. Um, but I choose to believe York, um, and York public schools and York elementary is a special, special place. And, and there's not anyone that's going to probably talk me out of that idea. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, that's, it's a, yeah, it is a unique place. I mean, this community, yeah, it, I mean, it has such strong, you know, pull for people. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, so what are some of, I mean, uh, when you're not, I mean, you're always, it sounds like you're always busy. You're always, you know, with, I mean, with your kids yeah. and between your yeah. personal stuff, you know, so what are some hobbies that maybe you, you know, try to fit time for when you do have Great. time to relax? Um, well, as you've probably heard throughout this family is important. So um, we love to go see family when we're able to uh, with the kids. Gosh, the summers have changed. Even since like Taylor and Haley graduated, I've noticed with the younger kids, their summers are just booked. So to find four or five days to go anywhere is hard to do. We love to travel and we love to get on new lakes and go boating um, and we love to see family. So really we're pretty darn simple. Um, I like to go up and irrigate with my dad and ride in the dune buggy. I like to um, go up to the winery and, and see what they're up to. So um, we, don't, we don't need a lot. We just have fun um, being around our friends and family. Really, that's, no, I'm, I'm going to try to garden this year because I really don't know what else I'm going to do. But I don't foresee that being super successful. Um, I know I'm a farmer, <laughs> but I can grow anything. Um, that's our big undertaking this year as well. We're going to be home. Everything's canceled for the summer. We might as well plant a tomato or something. So we're going to see how that works. I was going to say, you have nothing else to do with your time. Right. You might as well, you know, right. let's, let's see if out. we can. <laughs> It'll be a fun learning thing, if anything. You'll have well, stories. Yeah, I'm sure I won't be selling anything at the farmer's market. But yeah, I will have stories. Hopefully, maybe some things will grow all funky. Then you can have like odds and ends uh, yeah, different vegetables you could sell. Going to happen. Yeah, some <laughs> yeah, sideshow vegetables. That'd probably be it. <laughs> uh, awesome, awesome. Um, and so let's uh, kind of, uh, as we move into wrap up here, let's kind of talk a little bit about COVID-19 and the Arc Elementary School's response and uh, how you guys responded um, you know, yeah. to, to everything. Right. Well, you know, we were on spring break when it really hit. So um, I kept 
actually, I was on my way to the Big 12 tournament where big KU Jayhawk fans and we'd splurged and bought tickets for the Big 12 tournament and we were driving down for the Wednesday night game. And all I remember thinking is no way. There is no way they're going to cancel this. And then it was canceling March Madness, which is, boy, that about took me out because I love March Madness. I just about couldn't handle that. <laughs> Um, then it was, hey, we might not get to come back to school Tuesday. And, and then it was real. Um, so we didn't have anyone come back on that Tuesday like they were supposed to. And um, we came in as an admin team and rolled up our sleeves and connected with um, people across the state and tried to put together a plan that would be good for our kids, but also good for their families and also good for our teachers because our teachers also have their families. So it was hard to strike that balance. Um, we just had a board meeting last night where we had to give an update. And um, guys, over and over again, we just all say how proud we are of not only our teachers, but our students and our parents. They really are stepping up and being amazing. Um, and we, we know we're somewhere between average and really not good at all right now. I mean, we... When you take the teacher out of teaching and the coach out of coaching, it just, I don't know, it, it, it's not good. Um, it's not the same. It's certainly it's not, not even close to the same. Um, I think our, this building and my teachers and myself have shed more tears than, than ever before. I mean, and we just miss our kids. We miss our I kids. think it's even harder on an, on an elementary school level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? it might be. Yeah. It, it's been rough. Like I watch my kids that are in high school kind of go through the motions and having a senior has been weird. Um, you know, they're missing a lot of cool senior, senior moments, but I also know a lot of the seniors have senioritis and they're looking forward. And um, I watched Mike Lucas on the Isla public schools um, broadcast last night. And he said, you know, um, we don't want high school graduation to be the best thing that happens to them in their life. It's huge, it's, it's monumental, it's a milestone. We wanna celebrate and we'll find a way, but we don't want that to be the best thing that happens to them in their life. And that is so true. Um, and it's not like we can be mad at Seward because they get to, because the whole world is in the same, the same situation. But it has been weird um, having a senior and watching them go through kind of some of those grieving things. Noah would never admit it, admit it in 100 years. He did admit he misses school, which about blew me away. Um, but I think it is different. I think elementary, our concern was, um, you know, you build such a family with 22 other kids and you're so connected to teachers to so just rip that out from under them. But right away, our teachers were on Zoom meetings. Um, we have teachers doing driveway dates where they're going to their, their driveway. Yeah, playing bingo or just visiting and um, but man, we miss our kids. We started talking about them last night and there was a teacher from each building and um, boy, the tears flowed because in the end, we're doing our very best. But we, we got into this um, career because we love kids and we love watching them grow. Um, and it, ha it has been hard. It's been hard on my teachers and it's been hard on us. Um, but I'm so proud of them and I'm so proud of everybody. I want it to be over. I'm done with Zooms. I'm done with looking through a camera. I'm a hugger. My gosh, this has been hard for a hugger. Um, I can't hug anybody. So um, I'm, ready. I'm ready to see my kids. I'm ready to get them back in this building and I'm ready to have the halls um, just full of noise again because um, you know I, know I know good things are happening now, but I know great things happen in this building and I'm ready for that to come back. So. Um, the grit that this community, the teachers, um, the high school teachers, I told the high school teacher that presented last night, you know, my senior walked into his senior year with full-blown senioritis in, in August. Um, <laughs> he was ready to be done. And now we end with COVID-19 and online learning. Um, and they have kept him going. And, and it's, it's been a group effort. I mean, I get as many emails as anybody else, but... Um, I, kudos to them. They all are finding a way to make it happen. And parents are finding a way to go to work and come home and get those kids on Zoom just so they can connect. Um, I'm just, it, it, it makes me emotional because it is overwhelming to me. And to think what we had to do in a 48 hour period, um, what we had to change and everybody rolled up their sleeves and just did it. Um, man, that was awesome. They, 
I will continue to be so proud of all of their efforts. But again, I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready for it to be over and not like summer to be here. I'm ready for the COVID piece to be over so we can be together again. It truly, yeah, I mean, it hit us so quick. I mean, it hit quick and then, you know, everybody had to make changes so fast. Yeah. And yeah, it has been really, um, you know, incredible to see, you know, the teachers, you know, come together and put stuff, you know, pen to paper and get, you know, you know, put yeah. solutions together um, and to be able to help students and make sure that, you know, students are, you know, getting the education that they need to. So that way, when you do come back in the fall, that the gap isn't, you know, as big as it, it you know, as it, you know, could be if you didn't do anything. And so and, and, just trying to minimize that. The community and the parents and even us realize the services that the school provides. You know, it, it wasn't just about math and reading and science and writing. It was about lunches and it was about mental health and it was about social emotional learning. I mean, there were so many pieces. You know, we have our lunchtime crew that on Friday sends home over 3,000 meals for the weekend. That's mind blowing. And that's not even our pride pack that sent home six weeks worth of, of bags of food clear back when this started to 72 people, 72 families. I mean, people just got it done. Um, so it's really, it's a community effort. And I go back all the time to man, it takes a village and um, I'm thankful for this village. And I'm thankful that when we had to go through this and, and we had to roll up our sleeves and do it, I'm thankful that I'm here. Um, because I know we're doing it and we're doing it to the best of our ability. Certainly, certainly. And so what does YES look like moving forward? Um, you know, you're probably, there's a lot of things that's going to be to be determined as far as, you know, when um, restrictions are uh, lifted and, and things like that. Um, but are you planning um, any, you know, what would, what would school look like in the fall, you know, virtual and things like that? Um, actually, we have an admin team meeting today. We're trying to get um, you know, the high school's got so many major events that they've got to figure out how to honor those kids. We've got kindergarten and fifth grade graduation that we're trying to wrap our head around because we also want to honor those kids. Um, but yeah, we talked about, and we're going to talk about it more today, what next year might look like. Um, that's crazy to not have a clue. What I mean, we really could have plan A through Z and, and, and not have one that would fit. And not implement <laughs> any of them. Yeah. Yeah, so we are, we're gonna start talking, um, this week I'm gonna start talking to my building leadership team about different scenarios. Um, you know, as the we're in week six of our online learning and we can tell that we are losing some momentum. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what we'll end up doing. Um, we might have to platoon kids in, we might have to say we have Kindergarten first and second come Monday and Wednesday. We have third, fourth, and fifth come Tuesday and Thursday, and then we go every other Friday and then do some online learning. Um, we're gonna build contingency plans for all of those things. We don't know if we can do summer learning beginning in August, we, and we won't know that, so we'll probably make a plan for that, and then we'll probably throw it in the trash if it doesn't work. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're making plans, but I think that is the hardest part of this. You know, you can plan, um, and I'm a planner, so you can make a plan for anything that happens, whether you like it or don't like it. But this moving target is really, really hard. And I, and it's, I can't get mad at anybody. I kind of want to be mad at somebody, but I can't get mad at anyone because no one knows. You know, it's all about mm -hmm. safety and staying healthy. And um, so, yeah, we're going to start rolling up our sleeves and making all sorts of different plans. And I don't know, I think July could look way different than July's kind of been quiet around here. We've done our summer school during June and we've kind of been pretty bare minimum in July. Um, if there's a chance that we can move on and do some stuff in July, it'll look way different. So um, we're, we're meeting weekly with our teachers and we're meeting via Zoom and we're meeting weekly with the admin team and we're just going to put scenarios out there and get their input and try to put together the best plan that we can, that we can manage and hope that it comes close to what really is going to happen. You know, when Pete Ricketts came out, I was sitting in Kansas City in a hotel lobby because we had went down there and stayed and, and he said, we're going to keep social distancing and we're going to have, we're going to keep every gathering under 250 people. And and he was on um, with the commissioner and I thought, well, we have 600 kids in our building and, and how's that going to work? And I remember him saying, well, 
you know, kids will stay away from each other. They, they'll be fine. I'm like, no, they don't. They don't, they don't stay away from each other. And, and teachers don't stay away from them either. So I remember thinking that's going to be a challenge when we come back. Because um, we never had to go there. Because by the time our spring break was done, we never brought our kids back. But boy, that's going to be a challenge when we finally get back together to, to really be cognizant of that social distancing, which it sounds like we're going to have to do in some form or fashion. Um, so we're, man, we're on a learning curve. Audrey Loosevelt presented last night to the board. She's a fourth grade teacher. And she said, I tell my parents and kids that I assure them every week I am learning way more than they are. Um, because online learning wasn't happening at York Elementary School. And boy, it is now with a vengeance. We're going to have to get you one of those like dinosaur costumes so that way you can hug the kids when you come back. Yeah, and <laughs> or even you can a have hazmat. the distance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or hazmat. Yeah. So, I Honestly, I, a little less scary. Yeah. I did stop over at the, at the fairgrounds. Is it Forest Heights, that apartment complex? No, Delray, yep. I think. I think it's Delray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's right Delray the that's there too. Avenue. So our lunch, mm -hmm. the very first day, our lunch was parked there and no one's coming. And I tell them, what is going on? Where are all the kids? And so I go over there and I see them all and they all come running. And I just put my hands up and I start yelling, side hug, side hug, because I wanted them to know, go around the corner and get lunch. But I knew when I saw them, but actually it was one of the best moments I've had in the last three months. But I did try to practice side hugging and it wasn't very fun, <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> no, for sure. Perfect. Uh, so rapid fire. What is your go-to restaurant in York County? Oh, La Casina. When it was closed, my whole family was in a deep mourning. <laughs> it was I sad mean, to I see that. Go to all yeah. of them. Don't, don't take it wrong. We go to Chances <laughs> Are, we hit offsides, but La Casina, that, that queso sauce, it makes me happy. <laughs> so what's your go-to meal then there at, at La Casina? Um, I love the um, Dos Manos. That's my favorite, okay. but, but honestly, just a side of chips and queso would make me just as happy. Yeah, that chips and queso is... That's, can't beat that. Mm -hmm. um, next one, is there like a favorite book or that you've maybe read, or is there a favorite podcast that you subscribe to? Um, kids and I were just talking about that, because Taylor's such a reader, and she's been home reading all these books. I read everything that connects with school. So I love Jimmy Casas. He wrote a book called Culture Eyes. Um, and it talks about great things to do for your community and school. And he just sent me his new book, Live Your Excellence, which I love. So um, I do a lot of self-help books. I don't know what that says about me, but um, I think that's where I'm at. <laughs> hey, reading's good. Yeah. Uh, what's your must-attend York County event? Is there an event that's circled on the calendar that you and your family always was excited to attend? Or maybe you personally were always excited to attend? Well, Whether that's a county uh, fair or yeah, sip yeah, a stroll? Or... Say, the York County Fair and York Fest are high on our um, list. The county fair, growing up with the kids, going on the hammer or whatever that ride was that they puked afterwards, that was always really fun. <laughs> um, and just growing up being in 4-H, that was my, that's my wheelhouse. So I, I love the county fair. Um, so that's been fun. And then York Fest is always a fun time. Um, as yeah. well. And my family comes every year and does a wine tasting for Grand Central with our wines at York County Fair. So, so we're always there pouring wine. So that's one of my favorite things to do. So that's always circled. Definitely. Yeah. Those have got to yeah. be, you know, go-to events. Yeah. Um, and then these last two questions here with the NFL draft just getting over, these were questions oh. that uh, GMs were asking uh, their potential draftees. Okay. And so, uh, the first one was you've been given an elephant and all the supplies that you need to take care of it. Okay. Uh, you can't give it away and you can't sell it. What okay. do you do with that elephant for the rest of its, its life? Well, I bring it to York Elementary School because how cool <laughs> would that be to have a pet <laughs> elephant? Like I brought a dog. Everest is our school dog and they love him. They'd freak out with an elephant. Oh, I think, I think we might boost our enrollment. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> be the New York Elementary School elephant. That'd be awesome. The, the service elephant, yes. Absolutely. Um, and then the next one, if you could describe yourself as a household appliance, which household appliance would that be? Oh my gosh. Wow, that's a tough one. Household appliance. I'm going to say a blender. Um, and I think I, I think of that because of all the things that have to come together and work. 
And um, the more you mix and the more you talk and the more you keep working together, the better it looks. No, that's all. Awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Heck yeah. That's a good yeah. answer. <laughs> Perfect. And then uh, is there anything you want to leave us here with? Uh, your one last thing? Um, well, thank you, Derek, for inviting me. I've listened to these and I've loved hearing the stories. Um, a lot of them have been coming back to York and I've always been intrigued with that piece. So um, I just count my, myself and my family um, as very blessed to be live, living in York County. Um, and I think this is a time, I, I tell my parents in every week's letter that I send, um, partnering now and giving each other grace right now is probably more important than it's ever been. Um, and I'm just so proud of this community and this school system. And um, I, I think we have a lot to be thankful for in York. So I appreciate you giving me some time to talk about my story. Thank you so much for joining me. And, um, you know, we're, we're very grateful to have you in the community. Um, we, um, you know, I've heard so much great things about you. I didn't get to experience you as a, as a principal, but I've heard so many great things either uh, from my mom or from other community members. So uh, thank you for, uh, you know, staying in the community and uh, thank you for taking time today. Yeah, thank you, Derek. Have a great day. This is 17 County a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.